if you'd like, pray with me, and then we're going to open up into Genesis chapter 28. God, you're the best, bottom line. You are the absolute best. And you love it when we respond to you in the way that you want us to respond. And honestly, I love it too, because when I do that, the best things happen. But I don't know how to do that. So I need you to show me to do that this morning. And would you show us that? Would you show us how you want us to respond? And would you help us do that? And if you want to use this next 20 minutes, great. If you want to use something else throughout the rest of this day, that's fantastic too, because you're the best. So would you have your way? Whatever you want to do and say and show. This morning, would you do that? In Jesus' great name, amen. Uh, if you would like to turn, you could turn to Genesis chapter 28, or it's also on the screens conveniently enough, like everything in our world. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lie down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamt of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you, and I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. Even if your descendants, God's descendants, uh, Jacob's descendants, were as numerous as the dust in my house, that would be astonishing. The Lord is saying, as numerous as the dust of the earth. And they will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I'm with you and I'll protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave until I have finished giving you everything that I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't aware of it. But he was also afraid. What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway of heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early and he took the stone that he had rested his head against and set it upright and made as a memorial pillar. And then he poured olive oil over it and named that place Bethel, which means house of God. Now, I've never been to the Middle East. Truthfully, I haven't traveled much outside of the United States. So I've never been to the exact place that Jacob speaks of here, but I have stood at the gateway of heaven. And whether you know it or not, I th you have too. 
Maybe it's been in this very room that we worship in this morning. Maybe it's when your toes are in the sand or when you're underneath a blanket of stars in the high desert, free from all of the light pollution, places where it's easy to feel really small. But the good kind of small. Not the kind of small that we feel when we're searching and scouring social media. I'm talking about the good kind of small, that securing kind of small. That small that like, it's actually easy to breathe. That kind of small. Perhaps you've stood at a gateway of heaven beside a hospital bed or a loved one's graveside. Perhaps it's been in the waiting room as you eagerly await the news from the doctors that a baby has been born. Or who knows, maybe your last encounter was with the living God was at the kitchen sink. At least for, it was for my wife as she came downstairs after getting the kids to bed, only to hear what could be described as a voice that only God could love. Here's a little video clip. Stop the Lord Almighty. You can feel it. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop it? You can't. You also can never stop being a hardcore kid. It's real. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? I don't know, man. I don't know who's gonna stop it. I don't know who's gonna stop you. Beats by Dre, man, those things cancel out all the noise. You feel like you're in the studio. I don't know who actually sings that song. Is it Leland? Who sings that song? Anybody? Christian school? <laughs> Nobody knows who sings that song. You were distracted. You were, you were captivated by the essence of uh, all things. Um, those Beats by Dre, man, I sounded amazing in my head and my wife showed me that video and just laughed but there are lots of gateways aren't there there are lots of gateways to heaven there's these places where even though there isn't any worship band playing or leading you in a song you hear the songs being sung the songs and the sounds of heaven and these places, man, they don't, they don't follow the rules. They don't seem to follow the rules of church as we know it. There's no welcome. There's no greeters. There's no transitions. Sometimes there aren't even any prayers. Oftentimes, these places, they don't even have any words. I've come to love these places as common as our front yard and as obscure as a seemingly undeserving jail cell. These gateways are game changers and they're rule breakers and they're for everybody to know and to see. The Bible calls these places altars and as we just read, Jacob names this particular altar Bethel or house of God. An altar is defined as a place where something significant happened, a memorial. You might see these around my hometown in Santa Cruz. You get some like artsy fartsy, you know, someone who's done way too many psychedelics and they're like, it's all about balance, man. And they are wildly talented because they can balance these crazy rocks on like little tiny rocks. 
They don't work on kids, even like brand new babies with like the soft spot. It just doesn't work that way. You can't balance super heavy objects on little babies, just, just like parenting 101 in case you're in, you know, on that journey. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. These guys, like, they, they can balance these big, huge boulders on these little tiny rocks. And it's true. Um, some of these little rock formations are nothing more than art. But in other parts of town, there's like little memorials set up. Maybe it was the site of a couple's first kiss or where a loved one took their last breath or where they got engaged. Each example as significant as the next. All holding meaning and all being defining moments for the persons involved. There's this brilliant, brilliant lady. Her name is Barbara Brown Taylor, and she writes this book called A Geography of Faith. You should pick it up as if you aren't reading enough books already. Truth be told, I didn't read the book. My wife reads all the books. I listen to them on Audible. Um, But Barbara Brown Taylor writes this about Francis of Assisi. Francis of Assisi loved singing hymns with his brothers and sisters, who included not only Brother Bernard, but also Sister Claire, but also Brother Son and brother Mo- and sister moon francis could not have told you the difference between the sacred and the secular if you had twisted his arm behind his back he read the world as re- reverently as he read the bible for him a leper was as kissable as a bishop's ring and a single bird as much of a messenger of god as a cloud full of angels Francis had no discretion. He did not know where to draw the line between the church and the world. For this reason, among others, Francis is remembered as a saint. Each example as significant as the next. I often find myself in these sacred moments, and I can't uh, help but think that if Francis of Assisi were still around, that we would be tight bros. We would, uh, we would share some coffee with each other at least once a week and just talk story. Tell of all the ways in which we stumbled upon God in these seemingly undeserving places once again. And then stumble upon him again as we meet with, for coffee together. And we'd laugh once again and be in awe once again. And because this is my story and not yours, we would cry together. Because I'm a crier. It's who I am. Don't let the hand tattoos fool you. It's just a cover-up the pile of mush that is here. And people would walk by and they'd be like, who's this crazy old monk like crying and weeping and laughing with this tattooed weirdo? And it would be wonderful. It would be our little gateway of heaven for onlookers to bump into. If old Frank were still around, I'd share a recent encounter that I had with this young man inside Juvenile Hall, a place that I frequent often in the ministry that we started. And how God used an RC car of all things, as a gateway to heaven. We got any RC nerds in the house? Yes, son. I see you, son. <laughs> Nobody else? Nobody's, nobody's brave enough to say that they waste their money on those things? We are. And how this young man's face would light up and how his picture-perfect smile would captivate the onlooking guards. And the on-site docks, and they would walk by the observation window and just, just stare 
almost awkwardly. Because all they've ever known was his terrifying stare down that seemed to pierce through your skull. So seeing him smile was, was quite another thing. His smile came once he knew he was safe, and it grew when he realized that he had the freedom to share his story free from pain, or excuse me, free from judgment, free from condemnation, free to be honest and loved just the way that he is. You see, I was asked if I could meet one-on-one with this young man by the uh, juvenile hall uh, director. She suggested that I bring in some, some cards to break the ice with. You heard cards and I heard RC cars, same, same. So I brought in these cars and one was a rock crawler and uh, super low gearing, big tires and stuff like that. Like if it wasn't for gravity, it can climb up a wall. And another was this two wheel drive trophy truck, which is like really, really fast and long travel suspension and whatnot and easily breaks if you're me. And we spend nearly an hour just driving RC cars up and down the hall, making our own little Rubicon trail out of a bunch of couch cushions from the soft room that we were in. The soft room is is a glorified, like, hangout room, right? It's a small room with a large viewing window and some couches. It actually has, like, a mountain scene kind of painted on the side of the very uncomfortable brick wall. And he would drive, and I would help him navigate by offering suggestions like uh, on how to maneuver over obstacles, much like a spotter would in real-life rock crawling Driver, driver, I would say, which means that he would turn the wheel towards the driver's side. And passenger, passenger, which means that you would turn the wheel towards the passenger side. It was amazing. And for a while, it felt like, kind of, felt like we were on the outs and we were maneuvering through this familiar trail that we were accustomed to, locals at. And although the batteries were running out, our time together had just begun. And the stories that followed would break your heart into pieces, story after story about different experiences that no human should have to go through, let alone a child. And from the early age of nine years old, this young man was robbing people at knife point of their fast food to-go orders so that he could have something to eat nine years old. My grandma's is 10. And he got a knife when he was like eight. And he like would stick the knife in the ground. That's what an eight-year-old's supposed to do with a knife. Dull it on rocks. Use it inappropriately. Like, hey, bro, you should like probably not be playing with that with your sisters around. <laughs> not knowing how to hold it and then rob someone at knife point. Unspeakable trauma and abandonment. So it's no wonder that Juvie was kind of like a break from the stresses of real life. He tells me, you know what to expect. It's nice. You wake up in a bed, three meals a day. Don't need to worry about what I'm going to wear. And then he told me that he couldn't remember a time when he had had this kind of fun. I'm like, bro, we're in jail. And you can't remember having this kind of fun ever? 
And that's when I realized it. And that's when I woke up, I took my stone pillow, turned it on its side, poured oil over it, and realized that this is a gateway to heaven right here. This moment. And today it happens to be found in this jail, in this protected brick room with some uncomfortable couches lining the walls and a viewing window. God was here and I didn't even realize it until now. RC cars, man, they used to just be this hobby that I'd break and fix and break and fix and cause marital stress and then break and then fix. But now they're this altar, which, which once was a, you know, had a specific purpose of entertainment and you know, jumping my kids in the ramp in the front yard, which has gone terribly wrong at times. I can't show you that for fear of somebody like closely tied to CPS would report me. You're the guy who jumps his RC cars into their kids' heads. You're not a safe person. What's once held this purpose of entertainment and a hobby has now been replaced with the sacred, which is also this amazing bargaining chip when it comes to repairing RC cars, because now it's the Lord's work. And my bud, you don't want to get in the way of that. So, but here's a thought, and I'm not expecting it to be a popular one, but here it goes. What if... What if we stop just going to church? Just going to these places that are trying to bring heaven to earth and are doing it. And some of them are doing it really, really well. But what if we start trusting and believing and expecting the God whose earth we occupy is already in the next place you'll go? What if instead of church being some place that we just go to on Sundays, we bring it with us to the store and and to our work and to our schools and our classrooms, our commutes, our practices, our hobbies, our vacations, our, our adventures. And I'm not talking about like, oh, it just means that you have your phone on all the time and you're blasting Spotify and whatever like Christian song you're listening to. That's not what I'm talking about. That's obnoxious and it's annoying, okay? Nobody, care, nobody cares what you're listening to. Put, put your Beats by Dre on and just, you know, vibe out. Do some dishes. Get lost in the moment. Meet Jesus face to face while you're scrubbing dishes. Now, what if every time we recognized that we happen to be in a place that God is to, we do what Jacob did? Which is really the only thing that Jacob does Right. And that's, he responds. This lying storyteller, birthright stealing mama's boy, the only thing that he does well is respond. He responds to the one he encountered. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to see like our God sees? I'm convinced that if we could, we wouldn't be able to handle it. We'd just be like this weeping mess all the time. And by we, I mean me, of course, which is why I think he makes us work for it a little bit. And that God loves a game of hide and seek, like hiding everywhere. He's actually really terrible at playing hide and go seek because he's literally everywhere. It's like playing hide and go seek with my kids. They hide in plain sight or like behind a shoelace or something. Which, yes, is cute and adorable and whatnot, but they're terrible at the concept of the game. The concept of the game is to hide. It's to hide. But hide and seek is so much more fun for the person 
hiding than seeking. God loves it when we find him in the ordinary places, the seemingly undeserving places where God already is. And our great opportunity is that we get to call it out. That's what we get to be as believers. We get to call those places out. A places that nobody else can see, but you can see because you're the one responding to the God in you. We get to respond by building an altar there when we see it, so that somebody might bump into it. I've got so many friends who've, 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 had, who've intentionally built some really, really fun altars. From coffee shops to clothing stores, places where people can bump into them and not even realize that they're entering heaven's gates. I get my hair cut at one of these altars in Santa Cruz. It's called Waves and Fades. And uh, you're not going to walk in there and hear Christian music like blasting through the airwaves. But you will be greeted as though you have a little blue check mark next to your name. You know what I'm talking about? Because everyone is verified at Waves and Fades just like in heaven. So you're treated as though you're some influencer. You're treated as though you're somebody special. You're treated as though you matter. And what's wild is that at this, at, this, at, this, at this barber shop, because it's intentionally set up this way, I've walked into numerous conversations and numerous moments that are happening inside this barber shop that have absolutely no business happening in a barber shop unless it's actually an altar, unless it's actually a gateway to heaven. Then it makes perfect sense that this would actually be happening here. Plus, you get a sick haircut in the meantime. When my wife and I said yes to Jesus and his invite to partner with him and the dream that he gave us for Flow and Flow Loves You Foundation, we didn't know what we were signing up for. That was part of the fun of following Jesus. He isn't looking for experts. He's only looking for beginners in the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, there are no experts. There are only necessary followers who might set up and establish another altar and another one and another one. another altar for somebody to bump into, for someone else to stumble upon and maybe even realize that God was in this place. It's what happened for one of my employees a couple of weeks back. We were hiking through Nicene Marks Forest with some students and she texts me this, today's adventure was so incredibly meaningful. Thank you for creating a space in these moments to take place. I'm so grateful to be included in this movement that is flow. Today's altar was that creek full of ever-changing life, wandering through the forest and up the creep, creek, seemingly mellow, yet it was everything. It's amazing to witness the precious life of the creek in the forest. That is forever becoming, alongside of these precious lives that we lovingly call our flow kids. Dang, I love wandering with this crew. That was an altar for me. I'll be honest, I thanked God that I had enough snacks. I thanked God that I didn't run out of water. I thanked God that I didn't get poison oak on this hike. But I didn't circle back and see what Britt saw until after her text. Is that not what the church is supposed to be, an altar, a gateway to heaven? 
Believe me, friends, I did not have that same experience that Britt had until she texted me and said, this is what I got to experience. Thanks for helping set it up. Whether we like it or not, these buildings, these programs that we spend so much time creating and creatively creating, they could be a stumbling block for some of our closest friends. And the easiest thing that we can do is invite them into the places that we've met God that are seemingly ordinary. I love, love, love the church. I do. I just wonder if sometimes if the places that where we worship are really and, and love to relax at are the biggest things for others to get over. My encouragement, my challenge to you this morning would be that we would be a people. May we be a people that litters this earth with altars so numerous that our neighbors couldn't help but bump into them. And may you and your friends have fun recognizing God in the places that you find yourself and that I dare you to respond to him there so that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Would you pray with me? God, thanks for being the best, man. Thanks for not wasting anything. And thanks for having your way this morning. I pray that you would continue to have your way. Would you haunt us with the ordinary places that we encounter you on a regular basis, but maybe have just kind of gotten used to? It's become old hat or whatever. Pray you'd help us recognize you in those moments. And then would you help us respond to you in the way that you want us to respond? Because when we do that, the best things happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for having me this morning. Enjoy the rest of your day.